Hello, listeners of A Year Ago Today. I'm your host, Tyla Fowler, and this is our Monday Night Raw segment. Full disclosure, it is Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. right now, (laughs) and that's when I'm recording Monday Night Raw. And if you've been following along, you'll know that last week, Monday Night Raw was also recorded on Tuesday uh, mid-afternoon. And that is an interesting experience I'm having right now. So (laughs) I actually made an outline today for the episode. I'm pretty excited about that. It's been a little fly by the seat of your pants uh, the last couple of times. So I'm looking forward to doing this in a little bit more of an organized fashion. And I'm hoping that it'll still be equally compelling as the unplanned version. So in my notes it says, hello, it's Tuesday again. (laughs) So things have really been busy in my world. Uh, Not last Thursday when episode two came out, but the week before that, when the first episode of season two came out, was the fourth anniversary of my father's death, and also the relaunch of the podcast. And then following that, that Saturday, we went right into celebrations for Matt's 30th birthday. His actual birthday was this last Tuesday. So we celebrated last Saturday with his family. And then this Tuesday, we had an incredible time bowling with some friends. And then we have been getting our apartment ready to paint before leaving town for the weekend to go away with a group of friends in celebration of Matt's birthday and have our apartment painted by our landlord while we were gone. So we've been really operating (laughs) full out the last couple weeks in our lives and we got back from being out of town yesterday Monday and I was just so exhausted and I really you know I I was like yes you're exhausted however you're also committed doing this thing Monday Night Raw for the podcast so you should probably show up and record it And I couldn't get myself there. I instead spent the evening watching Grace and Frankie on Netflix, which was incredible, and went to bed and slept. And then I woke up this morning in all kinds of story around what it means about me that I didn't honor my commitment by showing up last night to record this segment. So I'm going to share a little bit around how I woke up, like what was, what was the story I was telling myself around who I am <laughs> based on how I have or have not honored my commitments when I woke up this morning. I was, I woke up in this space of like, okay, I feel a little bit like a failure because this is the most important thing going on in my life right now is this podcast. And even though it's the most important thing in my life, I couldn't manage to show up for it. And at that point, I was still not feeling like I even wanted to record today. And I was like, you know what? I could just scrap the whole thing. I could just air the episodes that have been recorded and let that be the only part of the podcast that sees the light of day right now. Um, And that was coming from a really like self-defeated space. And as soon as I kind of got into that space, what started coming up for me were the times in the past when I have gotten scared around my own visibility. And because of that, I have stopped showing up or self-consciously sabotaged. One really great example of that is I used to have a food blog 
called Learning to Live Without a Microwave. It's still online if you want to go Google it and read some writing that I did many years ago, right after college. Anyway, that food blog was a real passion project of mine, and I was able to cultivate a following, and it was really an incredible experience, and I had begun it because I wanted to work in food journalism. And I thought that was my way in. <sighs> what happened is I started getting a little bit of visibility and I was even listed on Saver Magazine's like 100 food blogs you should be reading, which as I say that I'm like 100 food blogs is a lot. Like <laughs> it's not that visible to make it on that list. However, you know, compared to how many food blogs there are out there in the world, being one out of a hundred to be recognized is a pretty cool thing. So the interesting thing is I got on that list and then not too terribly long after that, I stopped writing. And this was a really complicated departure for me. Part of it I think came from the fear of visibility as I already said. And the other part of it had to do with the fact that I had just started working for someone who had a poor opinion of bloggers and made that very clear. And you know, I think I was like, I'm just going to dive into my brand new full-time job and put the blog aside for a minute or two and I'll come back to it when I'm ready. And then I never did. So all of that story around my past experience of what happens when I as an individual begin to be recognized for the contribution my voice makes in the world is in the past I've shut down and got scared even if I was only aware of that on a subconscious level and allowed that to deter me from moving forward. So I was thinking about that this morning, my past patterning of disappearing and self-sabotage. And I was like, okay, that is not a story that I'm willing to continue living in my life. So I was like, if I choose not to record this, it's I'm going to be really clear that it isn't about shutting down, is not about running away, is not about not being visible. And then I started to feel into all of that and I realized that that is a large part of what's coming up for me right now. I am terrified <laughs> of eliciting negative reactions from people who know me or who thought they knew me. And it's not totally without justification that I feel that way. Hmm. Hang on, let me, I had flipped back in my notes. I'm gonna flip back to my outline. Where are we? <sighs> All right, so that's the story I woke up in. And I identified quickly that story did not feel good to me and began to reframe it. So I started to begin deepening into potential alternative stories I might be telling about why I quote unquote didn't show up for my commitment on Monday night. One is that there's been so much going on in my life and that because this is a thing that's being created as I go, there's very little structure around what and how I share. And that can feel a little overwhelming because 
I believe that everything is intrinsically linked to everything else. So sometimes when I dive into sharing about something, I can easily get lost in the magnitude of what I believe all of these things mean when they are considered an aggregate. So that's one reframing that was supportive for me to understand like, okay, maybe what I need is actually a little bit more structure that will support me in coming to the space where I can share from a raw, open, vulnerable place while still feeling like I'm anchored and grounded in what I'm sharing. Um, I also begin to realize that, once again, this podcast is something I am creating. I am setting the timeline. While I've heard that consistency is super important for being a successful podcaster, it's like there's no one out there who's hanging on my words to an extent that if I did not publish a Monday Night Raw this week, someone would be devastated. Or if there is someone out there who feels that way, they've yet to communicate that to me. So I am showing up inside this commitment because I want to. <laughs> and I also realize that the only person right now that I really have a responsibility to is myself. That the timelines I've created, the schedule for episode release, um, everything around how this engine moves forward is decided by me. <laughs> so it's really interesting because there has been this like false pressure that I've attached to certain things like showing up on Monday nights to record this Monday Night Raw, which I hope I will do going forward. And in the meantime, I'm really requiring to cut myself a little slack and say, you know what, if Monday Night Raw doesn't get recorded until Tuesday afternoon because I am exhausted after two, almost two full weeks of intense grief and intense celebration and intense upheaval inside my physical home and travel and all of that, like, it's okay to account for the fact that right now I really am feeling a little exhausted and if I require a little extra space inside my creative process, I can allow that to myself. I'm also really deepening into trusting that what I choose to share and how I choose to share it is truly perfect regardless of what that looks like in the physical. So this has been such an important topic for me because one of the major gifts that I have is activating energy for the people who I come in contact with, whether it's simply they're hearing my voice or maybe it's interacting with my physical presence out in the world. Anyway, I have often feared the reactions that I will elicit from others, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode. And, you know, as we grow, the things that we fear tend to come up. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been going through the last <laughs> week or so in terms of the triggers I've been moving through and also how that fear around greater visibility has been manifesting for me. <sighs> okay, so we went away for Matt's birthday this last weekend, like I mentioned, and we left Friday morning. And before we left, I received an email. I had reached out to someone who I consider a friend and a mentor. And this person I haven't spoken in about, about nine months. Um, 
we shared an experience that I think was really challenging for both of us and we've both required some distance to process that. However, it was feeling like time to reach out to reconnect. And so I had done that earlier in the week and then Friday morning, we're about to head out of town and I get this email that it was not, um, it was not mean in any way. However, the energy felt far more distant and more barbed than I had expected. I did not realize that the distance between this person and I had grown as much as it has. And I guess I had not really realized the extent of the misunderstanding that's currently operating between us. So it started my day and we were like about to leave town with like seven, three other couples and having the celebratory weekend. We're getting in the car and I'm already in a place of really feeling anxiety around this message that I received back. And I didn't really feel the need to talk about it very much. And I didn't even really feel the need to necessarily respond in that moment to the physical situation that was unfolding. However, I did feel the need to be present with what I was feeling. So I was very quiet in the car. I really was sitting with this anxiety, trying to breathe through it, trying to be like, okay, ultimately what this person thinks of me doesn't really matter. And while I had hoped that it would be an easy reconnection, like maybe that's just not the case. And what I ultimately came to is I'm getting what I want right now is I am reconnecting with this person. The part that feels uncomfortable is that it's not looking how I expected it to look. It is not unfolding the way I hoped it would unfold. Now, <clears throat> I don't know that in the moment on Friday morning that I was able to articulate that clearly what the dissonance and the uncomfortable uncomfortability I was feeling was about. But then the weekend proceeded. <laughs> and it's so, it's so incredible how like when a lesson starts to come up for us, we begin to receive experiences around that lesson in so many different ways in our lives. So we get to the house that we've rented for the weekend and I'm already thinking like, okay, we're going to feed somewhere between eight and 11 people. We weren't sure yet how many, how many of the friends were going to show up, but it was going to be a large group. And Matt and I love to cook and he cooks more often than I do. <laughs> and I think I lean on him a little heavily in that regard. So I'm kind of like, let's plan the meals. And Matt doesn't really say so, but he's in this place where he doesn't want to take on the responsibility, I feel, or is just like hoping that the whole thing can proceed in as low key of a way as possible. So from the very beginning, I'm like, okay, well, we have totally different visions of how we want this to go because I'm imagining these like beautiful, delicious dinners, which we sit down at the table and maybe there there's like multiple items, you know, things that would actually involve quite a bit of effort and energy. And I wasn't necessarily offering to spearhead the operation, but I was hoping that that's the way things would go. Anyway, it very quickly became clear that that's not how things were going to go. We got you know, a little bit of a grocery list together. We planned 
a little bit like, okay, we're going to have burgers and hot dogs on night one. We're going to have like lemony grilled chicken on night two. It's going to be great. Who's going to go to the store? And <laughs> I was not really wanting to go to the store. I think because I felt like I was going to be somewhat in charge as one half of the couple who was kind of like hosting the weekend. However, Matt didn't want to go to the store either and it was his 30th birthday. So I was like, okay, I'll go to the store. Great. You know, we're at the store and my good friend Kathleen was like, how are you feeling right now? And I was like, you know, I'm really not loving the way I'm feeling. I still had all this anxious energy in my body. I was feeling um, not put upon because I did choose to go to the store and it was my pleasure to do so, even though it didn't really line up with like how I envisioned spending my time that afternoon. Anyway, I was just in this experience that was not feeling good, though it was feeling. And I always feel like feeling something is better than feeling nothing. So I'm, you know, I think I prefer to be at the grocery store in a slight state of anxiety than to not be feeling anything at all. So I'm still just allowing my anxiety to be. I'm trying to be really generous with everyone around me and as I kind of anticipated, I did kind of become the person who was like making the decisions around like, do we need more of this? Do we think there's enough of this? What do you think? Should we get this thing? And <laughs> it ended up being a really fun grocery trip and we got back and everything was great. And then, you know, finally at that point I was able to unwind a little because I felt like the, the part of like the big responsibility was over and I began to realize that what was happening, where the anxiety was stemming from, didn't have anything to do with what was actually going on. What it really had to do with was the fact that the, the weekend was not unfolding <laughs> necessarily the way I had envisioned it. And to be clear, I didn't really even have a clear vision going in. So this is a thing that has come up for me in the past where it's like you're vaguely dissatisfied with what's happening, but you didn't make a clear vision going in for what you wanted. So it's kind of hard to kind of hard to like be in a stink about it. <laughs> and as I was like deepening into this more and more and started talking with some of the lovely ladies who were with me. What I, what I began to realize is that what was happening both in the situation with my friend and mentor who I'd been interacting with and the situation with the birthday was that I was getting caught up in the aesthetic. If I really got down to brass tacks and looked at like my desire, what do I want? In the first case, it was like what I want is to be reigniting this relationship with this person. So I was like, okay, that's happening. It's just not feeling the way you wanted it to feel. And then when I looked at the weekend with Matt and all of our friends, I was like, okay, what I really want is for Matt to have the time of his life, for everyone to be relaxed, including me. And <laughs> like, I'm receiving that. The only thing I have to do to receive that is to relax into what's happening and be as low key as everybody else, you know? So those were both really, really beautiful triggers that came up for me. 
over the weekend. There was one more kind of on the last day of our time away. Most of our friends came back and it was just Matt and I and one other friend who stayed for the last night. And we were running a little low on supplies. We were, uh, we had like eight beers left and we didn't have any wine. And I've been really trying to be more conscious about what I put in my body, not necessarily meaning that I don't drink, but that I try not to drink things that I don't want to drink just for the sake of drinking, which I don't know if anyone out there can identify with that, but it's like sometimes I don't want a beer. <laughs> and if beer is the only thing there, then I will drink it sometimes even though I don't want it in the past. So I'm getting better about now acting in alignment with my desire and not consuming something just for the sake of consuming it because it's there, but I am present to that past behavior. So it was really interesting because I like opened the fridge and I was kind of saying, you know, like maybe we should make a run to the store and Matt and his friend were both kind of like, no, we're fine. We don't need anything. And that was really, that activated something really powerfully for me because I was like, the reason you think we don't need anything is because you are taken care of. You have what you want here. Your needs are satisfied. However, I've made clear that I do not feel taken care of. I do not feel like my needs are satisfied and that doesn't seem to matter to you. <laughs> you know, so this is all happening in my head. However, I would like went back to the place of intention and I was like, my intention is for Matt to have a great time and I can take care of myself in this instance. So I started to get ready to go to the store, you know, and was like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go by myself. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's a 20 minute drive from here and I'll go, I'll come back. Everything will be fine. However, there was this little like grudging energy inside of me that I was having to do the taking care. And that is another theme that has really been present for me and that I've really been working with over the past nine months or so is this theme of self-sufficiency, of taking care of your own needs as your primary <laughs> like function in life so that it's great when other people take care of you. However, you're not relying on other people to take care of you for you to have what you need because that is not really a fair burden to place on yourself or on the people you're in relationship with or on the relationships that you have. So long story short, <laughs> we all ended up going to the store. I got my wine. It was totally fine. And by the time we got back from the grocery store, I was in a totally different frame of mind. However, it was really interesting to note how that stuff came up for me over the course of the weekend, like these old patterns that I've been working with flared up in this kind of intensified situation where, you know, it's not often that you are away with like eight or nine of your friends and you just want everybody to have a good time. However, those are the kind of situations when I think that we are most likely to get triggered and most likely to have shadows of our old patterns show up and that's when the real test of our growth occurs. It's like, can you move through this differently than you might have in the past? Can you move through this with more efficiency and expediency than you may have in the past? Can you move through this, whatever's coming up for you, without having to 
communicate in a way that makes people around you feel like they are somehow responsible for your malaise. Because as we know, the only person responsible for how, well, let me rephrase that. I believe that I am solely responsible for the way I feel. So I can choose to feel angry about something or I can choose to feel grateful about the same thing and it's all a matter of perspective. So that's really, let's see, have I covered everything? Looking, looking at the notes. Things not looking the way I want them to look or the way I think they quote unquote should look. I am made uncomfortable by the dissonance I perceive. So again, that's the same thing as waking up on Tuesday morning and perceiving dissonance around the fact that I haven't recorded a Monday Night Rob podcast and then going into a place where the stories I'm telling about what that means doesn't feel good. You know, it's the same thing as like <laughs> the stories I can go into about the fact that Matt doesn't seem to care that I don't have the alcohol I need. Those stories don't make me feel good if I tell them in that particular light, you know. However, when I choose to shift and reframe the story, I'm able to take my power back and say, you know what, like, I get to choose how I feel, I get to choose how I show up, I get to choose how generous I am with the people around me, I get to choose which way I direct my energy inside this situation. I can amplify the negative feeling that is showing up for me in my body, or I can choose to sit in that feeling space and process that feeling on my own, which I have the skills to do, to get myself to a place where I'm feeling more expansive. <laughs> like Tuesday afternoon recording Monday Night Raw. Feels very expansive to me right now. What else do I have written here? I also have written down how we can become attached to whatever we're consuming to quell anxiety. And then in parentheses, I say alcohol, marijuana, social media, because those are the three that are most relevant in my life. So as I mentioned, I have been becoming increasingly intentional inside my consumption, whether it's consumption of alcohol, consumption of marijuana, consumption of social media, consumption of things on Netflix, whatever I'm consuming, I am increasingly present to the fact that one of our main ways of numbing is to fill, 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 fill the like perceived hole inside of us with whatever substance is most readily available or whatever substance feels best at that time. So the reason it feels important to bring that up right now is because this week's episode is about weaning. And I think I have some fear that I might lose some people this week, some listeners, because this, you know, the topic of weaning, specifically weaning a child off of breast milk, which is what this upcoming conversation is about, seems very, mm, <clears throat> seems a little bit limited in terms of who's interested in this, who the audience is for this conversation. However, for me, the deeper I get into looking at this conversation about weaning, the more I realize how relevant it really is to my life right now, to weaning, to learning how to be in a place where I'm centered and grounded enough to begin weaning myself off of the substances that I have in the past used to self-medicate 
sometimes responsibly, sometimes not. Hear those sirens? Rings true. <laughs> and I know, I know, I know, I know that I am not alone in this, that most people out there are caught up in this pattern of mindless consumption in some form or another. Maybe it's games on the iPhone. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's alcohol. You know, like I've already mentioned some of these. <sighs> however, however, okay, let's see. What do I want to say here? In order to create space, for increased connection in our lives, we require to wean ourselves off of or out of, that feels better, to wean ourselves out of relationships that are consuming our time and energy and not necessarily contributing to our life in nourishing ways. So, For me, <laughs> the long pause that you just heard there was my feeling of vulnerability coming up and my, my questioning around how open I really trust myself to be in a public forum. For me right now, the topic of weaning is most relevant when I think about my relationship with marijuana. Marijuana has been an incredible tool that has supported my spiritual growth. I have such respect for marijuana. I feel like Marijuana is a plant medicine akin to ayahuasca or iboga, which are the two that I really know a little bit about. And I have relied very heavily on marijuana in the last year or so, not only to facilitate my growth, but also to just get through day-to-day -day life in certain moments, you know, people who use medical marijuana, it can often be prescribed for anxiety. And I understand why, you know, it's like, anytime I get into a place of high anxiety, my instinct is to want to reach for a little bit of Mary Jane. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. And I also know that I don't require that, you know, in instances where that's not appropriate, or in instances where that's not available, it's not like I can't function without it. However, more often than not, if it is available, I make the choice to consume rather than abstain in the past. And I don't know how that relationship is going to continue to evolve. I definitely feel like I'm coming to a point in my life where I would like to be taking in far less substance, both in terms of marijuana and alcohol. And at the same time, I don't necessarily feel called to say like, oh, I'm cutting marijuana out of my life completely, or I'm not going to drink anymore. For instance, this morning I was like, maybe I should have a, a week of total sobriety. And then of course I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, but so-and-so's birthday is on Thursday and our good friend has like a bar opening on Friday night. And it's, it's so interesting that these things that we become attached to, to soothe ourselves, 
can be really challenging to get away from even when we want to get away from them or even when we feel like it's time to shift our relationship with something that we've been consuming. And again, this doesn't have to be an illicit substance. Like you could be consuming Netflix in a way that is no longer serving you. Like maybe it was nourishing for a time, but now the amount of TV you're watching is really making you feel better than worse. So it's all about finding that balance and that evolution. And for that reason, I'm super excited that this week's episode is about weaning. I'm sure that I will be talking more about this as I move forward because the topic is very alive for me right now. And I think that's all I feel called to say in the moment. I do feel really incredibly open to conversation around this and questions around this. So if you want to share with me any experiences that you're having in your life right now, as it relates to anything that's come up today, but especially around weaning ourselves off of substances or off of relationships or off of patterning that is no longer serving us, I would love to receive your feedback, answer your questions, simply hear about your experiences, and you can email me any of those things at a year ago podcast at gmail.com. Let's see, what else do I want to say here? The last thing that I have written down for this little segment is I wanted to to say that like everything I've just shared I think illustrates my belief that you don't necessarily need a coach or you don't necessarily need a coach or to pay for spiritual support in order to be doing the work to be, you know, getting to the root of your patterns and identifying the beliefs that aren't feeling good, that aren't working for you and beginning to craft a narrative that feels better when you find yourself stuck in a story that doesn't feel good. However, (laughs) what I also am coming to appreciate more and more is how incredible it is when someone holds safe space for you to do that work. So as beautiful as it was to be away with a group of friends for the weekend and have all of that stuff come up in my inner world. I'm also really feeling jealous right now because Sally (laughs) is in Mexico with uh, a friend and former coach of mine, Caitlin Edgar, and a few other women I really adore because they are there for a spiritual retreat. And it's so interesting because I'm feeling this real envy of like, man, it's so great to do your work day in and day out. And it's so nice also to be held in a space where you can go really deep because you feel so safe and you can be supported in that process rather than feeling potentially like you are kind of doing your work in solitude even though you're among a group of people which is kind of what my experience was like over the weekend it was like i'm i'm having this experience i'm working through my shit, and at the same time it's not necessarily the kind of thing that is appropriate to share with everyone in the moment as it's coming up in that context so the reason I share all that is because I would like to remind everybody that Sally, in addition to being on retreat right now in Mexico, is creating a retreat of her own. And I mentioned this last week in Monday Night Raw. 
This retreat is going to be so beautiful. It's called Radically Sacred. It's a retreat for women of color and oh, it's going to be so incredible. The reason I want to share here is because number one, if you're feeling called to a deep healing experience in a really beautiful, safe, sacred container, and you are someone who identifies as a woman of color, you might want to consider going over to Sally Mercedes' website to learn more about the retreat. So that's sallymercedes.com, which I will put in the show notes. Um, and also I wanted to invite anyone who's out there listening to consider contributing uh, financially to supporting Sally and realizing this vision of the Radically Sacred Retreat. Yesterday was her birthday, and I think it would be really great if you love Sally to pop on over to her PayPal and give a little gift in support of what she's creating because it really is so beautiful and it's going to be such an incredible experience for the women who are involved. So if you'd like to do that, you can go over to www.paypal.me slash Sally Mercedes. And I will also put that in the show notes. Oof. Okay. That feels like all I have to say for now. <laughs> other than, other than what else did I write here? One more thing. <laughs> okay. The last thing I want to share is that one thing that was really coming up for me this morning when I was saying, you know, it doesn't even matter if I record this. It doesn't matter if I show up. I'm the only one who cares. I don't even know who's out there listening. And I realized that I would feel more supported if I had more of an idea who I'm reaching. So if you feel called to support me, it would be really, really, truly wonderful to hear from you. You can email me at a year ago podcast at gmail. And it doesn't even need to be anything other than letting me know you listened, letting me know you appreciate the way I'm putting myself out there or letting me know. I mean, I guess if you want to let me know what you don't like, you're welcome to do that. I may not respond. <laughs> I'm feeling less and less inclined to engage with people who don't like me. Um, however, I am still open to receiving that feedback if you have it. So uh, that's all for now. <laughs> I hope that you guys are having a beautiful week and I look forward to sharing Thursday's episode. All right. Bye.